I almost texted Alec, but it was like two in the morning when I was watching this episode and I thought of it. I was like, dude, it's like the Matrix meets Westworld yeah. meets Back to the Future. <laughs> this is this is freaking cool. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. And Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We are here live. Um, we're a day late than we normally are. We will go back to Mondays, but... Happy Monday, Halloween everybody. And all that fun shit. Like, my doorbell was ringing like crazy. I was so mad. They started so early yesterday. Anyway, but it was fun. I mean, we had tons of kids, so... I was like, we're going to record, and it's just going to be ding-dong, ding-dong, <laughs> and then I'll just be irritated. So, uh, Tuesday, we're doing this live this time for this week. Um, starting a new show. Uh, don't know... I think it's uh, kind of flying under the radar right now, to be honest with you. Um, it's called The Peripheral. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's a Prime Original. Uh, they've released three episodes. So we're going to talk about the first three episodes. I think it's a good mesh of getting into the show, a uh, good jumping off point. And then we'll we'll do Mondays episodically from here on out. There's only eight, so we've got five more episodes after this. And so I think... It's interesting. Uh, it's got the same creators as Westworld. Yeah, um, I just saw that in the little promo thing, but I didn't know that. Yeah, they're so they're they're producing it. They haven't been as involved, obviously, in, as they are in Westworld. Like they don't write the episodes necessarily. I think they've helped write them, but they're more producing uh, on the producing side. But yeah, same creators, same kind of spins and twists. Um, it's based on a book series, which I'm not reading as much as like it's killing me not to read them yeah, but i, I decided happens. yeah but i've decided that i will not read it until the show because i don't want to know more I, i'm enjoying the intrigue of not knowing so well yeah no i didn't know that was based on book i love to read but it's what's hard is jj usually like with house of the dragon crap he knows yeah. things that i think at times you well Probably many times you wish you didn't know, so mm -hmm. you could just sit there and be like, "Oh snap!" Yeah. And I would love to read this book, but I also don't want to read it right now because I don't know what's happening and I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the same. Like I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch just like a normal person that doesn't read every book that's come out. But I mean, I guess it's been around a while. I guess the books came out in like 2014, the first book. Mm. So I mean, it's been around a minute. So I think that's cool. Um, I've also heard that it's very different so far like there's not um, other than the characters like the storyline's been very different um well which then is i should read it so. then because then we yeah the tv show <laughs> well and that's another thing like i was like i i think i'm just gonna not read this series and i think i'm just gonna enjoy it as a tv show because i don't want i don't want that to be around there but um i will say that i was hooked almost instantly like the idea of one it, we everybody knows i'm a big gamer i enjoy gaming and so the idea of this like virtual reality, like even at the beginning where you see her jump in for Burton as like, cause people do that shit. Like, I won't lie. Like my crew gaming crew, we've paid for Sherpas to run us through stuff. Cause we don't have as big a group as we used to on certain games. And so we've had them come through and they'll like carry you. So, I mean, there's people out there making money, like carrying people through and Sherping people through games. So, I mean, it's certainly out there. And so I thought it was really interesting that here's this 
this take on this making money doing playing video <laughs> games i love that and uh <laughs> playing video games and and you know using that talent that you have to run people through there's a ton of money in it i'm telling you if i had more time on my hands and didn't have a I mean, currently I don't, but if I had at some point didn't have a full-time job again. I can't have them right now paying someone to be like my, the anchor on my Overwatch team or something right now. I'm like, I'll just go on a vacation, then pay someone to do that. But each their own. Yeah. And I don't think you get it like Overwatch. You won't see it as much because there's nothing, but like there's end game content in certain games, like where like raids and dungeons and things that are like high level hard content and so yeah people get paid all the time to carry but you didn't do it earn for it yourself them. you got someone else to do. that's part of the fun is you gotta you gotta grind i agree but i won't lie i've i've i have never paid out of my own pocket but i've been gifted a run to where i yeah uh, i've logged in someone good to know that's a good gift for you jj i'm gonna keep that in the back of my head yep yeah, it was fun. So I, yeah, so I was really, I guess, hooked the instant we see uh, Burton be like, "Okay, I need you to go run this, like, finish this for me. We're struggling." And she, and goes, you were like, "I need that type of video game," because I was, I was like, "Man, shoot, that yeah. looks like as realistic as possible." Taylor is hooked on the show with me, and she's like, "Wait, do you think that was real?" I was like, "No, that was set back in the day. That, I'm sure that looked like a video game um, through and through." But shoot, yeah. that looked super realistic. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Just the idea of that kind of a video game, that level of virtual reality has always just been so obsessive for me. Like, I but can't you know, wait. You know, this t- show, and we'll, we'll get into the meat of it, really, as we started into it, and she got that uh, headset that, um, and we started into I was like, man, it feels like we're kind of getting into the Matrix in, mm-hmm. in, in some ways, more so than just time travel. I, that's where my brain keeps going as they do this because they're almost yes it's in the future but it's the way she's pipelined into it feels more like kind of what the matrix is to me to an extent which has been interesting yeah i thought the same thing i went and then when we find out later when she goes into this new version and you find out that the the peripheral actually stands for yeah this android type body that she has when she goes into the future like i was like okay I almost texted Alec, but it was like two in the morning when I was watching this episode and I thought of it. I was like, dude, it's like the Matrix meets Westworld yeah. meets Back to the Future. Like, <laughs> this is this is freaking cool. I was like, so it's really interesting the way it's playing out. And I'm enjoying it. And Burton is the coolest dude on the planet. Like, I love that Burton's guy. the best. Yeah, Burton's hilarious. I think that's one of my favorite parts of the show is the cast is other than her. And I can't even think of the actress's name right now. Chloe Grace Moretz. That's right. Chloe Grace Moretz. And I, I've seen Burton, the actor Bert, who plays Burton in something. But other than that, like, and, and then the, who we've learned now is like the villain. She's been in something recently too, that I can't think of, but. Uh, did you forget about Dolores's papa? Well, yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we did have the original Mister uh, Mister Abernathy in there, which I think is cool. But uh, but none of them are a list. Like she's or as close B-list. to a high level actress as we get, and she hasn't really done anything outside of you know a couple of movies with Denzel and that carried her through. So 
I like that though. I'm not distracted by who's in it. Mm-hmm. And it makes it hard to predict who's important to the story. True. Very true. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Alec? I know you've got some, uh, you've enjoyed the show so far. Like what are some of your oh, thoughts on this thing? I have loved it since I got the 45 text messages from JJ telling me that I needed to watch it as soon as possible. Um, and I started watching it without Oceana and then she got home from work and was pissed. So I had to watch it again and then she fell asleep. So I watched it again. Um, so I've seen the first three episodes like three times already. Wow. And they are awesome. And oh, yeah. I've loved it because it's got that feel of Westworld. Mm-hmm. But also it adds in the intrigue from Rings of Power, which we just did. So mm-hmm. Amazon is killing it as far as I'm concerned with the shows that they're putting out. Because this is amazing content. And I want to know how I can get Burton's little haptics that he has. Right. Where it links up. I mean, I don't have any friends, so I can't really <laughs> link up with a buddy. But that whole idea about like how far technology has advanced was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I enjoyed it in episode three. We got the story about how the Marine Corps recruits. Oh. They just go to a small town, find a bunch of buddies, and link them together. It's like, yeah. oh, that is, that is super cool. I could use some of that. Well, and I, I love too, like that we learned also in the third episode, like some of the realistic like carryover things that are believable as far as like downsides to something like this, right? So, this what he called the haptic drift, where that connection creates these feelings. Because I mean, it's part of it. Almost like they become their psyche and or id or whatever you want to call it. Their ego kind of becomes part of you. So you have this like almost feeling of love, like he described. Burton describes it even because of that connection there. And then I also like too, where he talks about when he's talking to uh Corbett or whatever the hell his last name Corbell is. Corbell Pickett. Corbell Pickett. That's the guy when he's talking to him and he's like, you know, I jumped I the guy in a bar. The shit out of some dude because, and I don't know why other than my connection to another soldier made me hate him because of something he did in that guy's past. I'm like, Ooh, see, that's the kind of things that when you think about that kind of connection that I'm like, yeah, I could see that happening. Right. Like you have this carryover of neural synapse that you're like, shit. I could also see that being something that was not planned or anticipated. Yeah. And as a <laughs> potentially lethal side effect to it. Sure. Well, and I can also see the government saying it's an acceptable downside right yeah it's an acceptable risk to have this connect because you also see the the freaking badass side too when he points and the dude instantly shoots the glass he's like that's my stick dick bag like (laughs) i just that was was a dope scene yeah it was so good just like this oh so good so you know mr pickett's gonna cross him but I wanted to say, uh, ask our my co-hosts and our listening audience think about this as well. What's the worst way to die? Because in I think when in episode three we saw two different ways. Would you rather suffocate in a vehicle in like a hundred and forty degree heat for that's going to take like an hour for you to die, or do you want to drink some tea that has pheromones that attract a bunch of wasps that sting you to death that you're going to die probably quicker, but 
I'm sure way more painfully. That's talk about two different, very different ways to go, but two horrible ways to die. Yeah. I'm taking the bees. <laughs> I think I'm going bees. Oh, but man, that terrifies me. It's over hate, quick. <laughs> I hate bees, but is it over that quick though? It's over quicker than sitting in a hot oh, car being slowly man. cooked alive. I I get that. I just uh. have such a. I'm allergic to bees, like deathly allergic to bees. Like you'll be I, out so quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have to carry like a, a freaking EpiPen everywhere I go, just in case I get stung. Because yeah, the that trauma bad. though of them just swarming you like mm-hmm. that. Ah, oh. well, and it's like watching anything where like you know those shows where they they pile the bees on them and they're kind of yeah. just crawling. And I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh. But there's a level of fear there for me because like that's that's death yeah. for me. You know what I mean? So it's like. I'm I'm mortified by bees. So even watching that scene like made my skin crawl. So I I don't like I would say that I would take the bees because of the fact that yeah, like because of my allergy, two stings and I'm done. JJ, like, this surprises me though because our listening audience if they've been paying attention through the years should know you are also basically allergic to heat. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the problem. There's no good way that this ends for me because most people you you get stung like that with that many bees and it's over quickly because you you go into like anaphylactic shock. Sure. And you, for me, like I would suffocate before I went into anaphylactic shock because I swell up like a balloon. Well, that's definitely a way for you to go. Do the, the heat thing? I actually I I I don't know why I think we we're about to eat, so I didn't have time to text. So I was like, JJ would just like. Oh, I don't know. Dude. JJ would lose all function. Yeah, I would. I, it would be bad. Like, that's another because I've sat in a hot car before just for like two minutes and be like, what's this like? And I'm like, Mm-mm, this is not OK. And that because I've always, you know, I'm the kind of guy that I'll, if I see you put leave your because I've seen dogs in parking lots. The people have left them in the, and I'll break windows. I don't give a shit because don't do that especially to dogs. I like dogs more than people. So it's, <laughs> I will break your dog out of the parking lot. So I've done it to kind of see, and I'm like, mm, it's, it's horrible. So I can't imagine. Cause you would, you just like boil, you know, it's just, mm-mm. that's too much heat. So I'm, I choose neither. <laughs> <laughs> if I can. The, an extension from that though, I, it's interesting in this show, we are presented with, kind of two different villains at the moment uh two or really two different organizations headed by two people which i've really enjoyed um one being mr pickett that we we know less about but we have a pretty good i love the backstory they showed with that man i mean oh. we'll talk about with the bikers and everything like way to set your turf and just be like look like i mean i was just blown away that was like walter white um yeah. well, why, why can't i think of the show what's that show called uh breaking, breaking bad. bad that was like walter white breaking bad status i was like damn but mm-hmm. then you got this other chick who what's what's her name she's the head of the ri the research institute i don't remember her name but she's got some killer instinct to her as well one she made the floor disappear i think it was like an illusion or she i don't know how that works made it look like the floor disappeared but she could walk on it I don't, i'm not sure how that works I have a question there and then two when she killed that doctor like that lady definitely is not holding back like she don't give a fuck yeah um, and they're both intriguing like i'm i like both of them yeah i think like that's hard to do i can't i'm trying to think of the last show where like we got two people within the first couple episodes that i'm like dude i give me more of both i'm digging it 
Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Newland is her. Sharice yeah, Newland is her name. She's oh, brutal. Man. Well, and I, you know, and I'm with you, Matt. And I think they've done great with both villains because, and you know, all the all the kudos to I keep wanting to call him Peter Abernathy, but I don't even know. <laughs> Lewis Hertham is the actor. Lewis Hertham's that the actor's name because you know he plays a fantastic redneck smart asshole like it's it's perfection and i i believe it like i believe he's ruthless and will kill anyone especially after the third episode where we see what he did to the bike oh, yeah he don't care and then there's this whole other side of and he's like your conventional villain right like he'll kill you in terrible ways but it's it's so close to our time frame that there's nothing weird about what he can do necessarily lock you in a hot car shoot you do whatever it is it, slam your hand into a glass when you're his nephew. I mean, it, there's some terrible shit going on, right? But then you have this future, the Dr. Newland, and she terrifies me because you don't know what how she's going to kill you. Is she going to open the floor out from underneath you? Is she going to freaking control a swarm of bees by giving you tea and just walk right through them as they murk your ass? Like, it's just terrifying. And she doesn't care. Like, the woman's like, I got small children. Great. I don't care. You know what I mean? And she uses it to just instill more fear. So it's, yeah, I'm with you. Very compelling villains, very frightening villains. Like you don't want to cross these people, obviously. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm it, great show. I am totally. So the, the good people in. in the show, I'm like, you guys are screwed. You got two ruthless people in your real timeline and the future timeline that want you gone. Yeah. The only thing that gets me, though, is that haptic connection, which, man, when they took on those freaking the the wet team that came out. Yeah, dude, that was brutal. And then you get the dude in the the wheelchair that comes in and he's just sitting there chilling (laughs) and just (laughs) takes these dudes down. That's JJ's kind of guy. Hit a a couple back and just pop them. Love that dude. Like (laughs) what I love when they used to have, when Burton's having the conversation with him, he's laying on his trailer, like, I don't know. I'll let you know in the morning. I, <laughs> are you going to remember this conversation? It's about 50, 50. I, <laughs> but we didn't, the other thing I wanted to talk about the cool tech with the cars. Like, I mean, I thought that, I mean, to, to be completely honest, like it's not mind blowing, but at the same time, I'm like, man, they executed that so well. Cause, and I'm not exactly sure how those soldiers have that in this timeline. I don't know, but it just looked dang cool. And the coffee cup thing with that, that the cop, Tommy, whatever his name was. Mm-hmm. I love that. I was just like, man, that's so stinking cool. That a little bit of CGI can go a long ways. Yeah. Well, and they talk about, that's the crazy piece about this is, and the thing that I'm looking most forward to, I think with this show is this crossover of future and almost current timelines. Right. So this 70 year gap, there's obviously a massive amount of tech from this 70 year future that we're dealing with. That's way more advanced than what they have in the, the current timeline. Um, and I'm also in, so watching that carry over, like how does that translate? Like we've already seen money change hands to where they're able to buy the 3d printing joint, able to offer up 200, $200,000 a week. I mean, that's a shitload of money to just go, here you go. And then, you've seen the invisible cars, what other tech are they going to send? Right. So this, I'm intrigued by this battle of let's load up this. And the crazy thing, and here's a question for you. And, and 
because my understanding is that the timeline with Burton and Flynn isn't even directly connected to the future timeline. Yeah, you're it's right. a it's yeah. a breakoff point. It's right? a sub. So, yeah, so it doesn't even whatever they do in the past in this timeline doesn't even affect their future if the if timelines work that way, right? So it's intriguing to me because I think my theory, my ongoing theory is there was obviously that something happened in the future timeline to wipe out a lot of people. Well, they said the jackpot. That's what I want to ask you. The jackpot. That word. I was like, what the hell does that mean? Because that clearly is like the the moment. Yeah. And based on the preview for episode four, I think we're going to finally see what that might be. But obviously, I think they're trying to find a way. My guess is they'll find they'll work with this stub, and maybe that's what they're working in these past timelines, is try to find a way to avoid or overcome the jackpot to create this new future that doesn't have this 80%, I think it was that she said, of the population, human population, and all these other animals that are basically gone to where they have to keep recreating them. So that's my long-term guess for what they're trying to do here. But it's I'm just I really love the the dynamic of this future that in reality cannot be affected by what they're doing in the past. And yet it's so important because she saw something right in this kidnapping or whatever this this heist that she went on. So I just love the intrigue and how everything ties together. What? What were the, in was it episode one again with Alita and that triangle thing that was coming down and she was shoving Burton and why am I forgetting the girl's name? Her, her, Flynn. Flynn. Yeah, Flynn, who was who's Flynn, like shoving her eye in there and that didn't actually fully. And then that guy attacked him, the security guy. What what do we think that is? Because that was clearly super important, but they didn't get to finish the job. Yeah. Alec, you have yeah, any thoughts? In the back cave. <laughs> I like the water thing. That was cool. I'm like, I need that in my house. Like, let me just just walk in. That's yeah, very therapeutic. Well, I like the brick curtain. Are you kidding me? That yeah, I have that, arrived yeah. and the brick curtain folds out. That thing's dumb <laughs> as shit. Anyway, I'm curious about your 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 theories, Alec, because you you've seen it clearly the most of all of us. Uh, so, one of the what what are your thoughts on all this? The water feature. Well, no, just like the, the beam that, in her eye. that triangle thing that she was shoving, Alita was shoving Flynn, a.k.a. Burton, getting scanned in and just, yeah, your thoughts around that. It's got to be something to do with uh, Dr. Newland mm-hmm. um, and the shady stuff she's got going on. Uh, I actually think Dr. Newland may be AI. Um, mm-hmm. And so whatever Lita is up to is trying to figure out what Newland is doing. I can get behind that. Like, and I think that Newland might be the one behind the jackpot. Hmm. Uh, that's fair. I think that's a good, uh, I mean, speculative choice at the beginning. Yeah. She's got some wicked powers to be even like a peripheral, right? Like, so it's, I, I can see the AI thing being, and maybe even she is a version of the jackpot. Yeah. Because it seemed like or sounded like when they talked about it, it's kind of this thinking thing that takes down the world. I wondered if that little beam of light when she was holding her eye up at the end, excuse me, if that wasn't some sort of like data transfer. And they just haven't figured out how 
to get that out. Like maybe it created, my guess is maybe it created like a latent memory of some sort within Flynn's head. That's why she's important. Um, because they keep talking about witnessing something, but she didn't really witness anything. She was just part of it. And as far as she's concerned, Alita has gone. So other than finding Alita, I don't know what value she brings other than like I said that to me, I was wondering if maybe that's some sort of data transfer mm-hmm. and through that process, she has some sort of latent memory that's just kind of hanging out in there. The other question I had, Alex, since you've seen this enough is with Alita and Wilf, that whole adoption scene thing like that. Can you, what was going on there again? Like they were orphans and they were being recruited into some agency to, I, I was, I would need to go back and watch that again to understand it better, but you've seen it enough. Like, and I'm a little confused there. Yeah, so I think they were orphans who were living on the street together. They were reclaimed, which probably has to do with propagating the species. Can't have feral orphans running around if 80% of the population has been wiped out. Um, but they, in like anybody who's kind of been through that, they were not going to be separated whatsoever. So I don't know if they were recruited to anything until later. Uh, but originally I think it was just rehoming them and letting us know that they have a deeper connection than we were originally led to believe. Got it. Well, and it seems to me like there's at least, so we have our eye, right? So there's that faction of like the, excuse me, the man, if you want to call it that, or like the power, the, the, the overarching power of the world at that time, the RI. And then you have this obvious, some form of Russian mob, uh collective i don't know what you want to call it with the guy that's kind of on the side and they're playing around in the stubs with their hackers or whatever it is that wilf is connected to with that guy so it almost seems to me like this will with wilf and alita when they were adopted it seems like obviously the elite probably run the world even more so than they with 80 percent of the population wiped out that gap of haves and haves not have nots has probably grown exponentially into like huge gulf so for me it almost seems like maybe part of this because it seemed like they couldn't have kids maybe that's part of the the jackpot thing is that it eliminated the ability to have kids because this couple came in looking to adopt and they wanted the girl the wife wanted the girl the husband was convinced to take both so i'm wondering if it's just a matter of continuing that family line as well uh, for at least the elites that came in and were able to do it. So they, this school reclaims these orphans that are on the street, raise them into these proper human beings that can be blend in with the elite and become family members, which to me, that's what seemed like the mom's issue wasn't necessarily, I think they tried to lean it into being a race thing. To me, it felt more like I can't pawn this kid off as my own. Right. Like there's no way to say this is my child without people knowing it came from adoption. And in that kind of a society, that's that's an issue. Right. That's a, something that you have to think about. So that's kind of the feel that I got for that. But there's a lot of intriguing shit going on in this show. For real. Yeah. The giant statue skyscrapers like those things. Those I'm like, dope. They're, they're dope. But I'm like. Why and what purpose? They they're huge. Like they gave you they clean the pers- air. Yeah, they clean the air. They're they're functional. Like they're uh, what keep the jackpot and diseases and everything else away. Is my understanding? Okay, I missed that. But they looked. I'm like, 
damn, they're big. Yeah, they're huge. What I love that they're all based on like mythical the gods. Of gods. The, yeah, exactly. It's very intriguing. I hope we get some backstory. Like, I think that's the coolest thing about this show so far to me is that the world that it's set in intrigues the living hell out of me. Like, even beyond like the story that we're following, I want backstory on the future. Like, I want to know more about why did they build them that way? What are the machines for even more than just cleaning the air? But like, yeah. So I, there's so much that I'm interested in learning about this world. I think I it's think cool. The, the last thing I want to say is I, I, I <clears throat> write about this with star Wars about since it was in the seventies, early eighties and what they per- perceive future technology to look like and how they're kind of stuck in it being retro. But what I like about the show is the future tech there implementing is believable to an extent now i don't know where we'll be in what 2070 2077 but i like that with the haptics that burton has and then you fast forward what like 40 50 years then they have the they can tune into each other sent all the senses and see what they're seeing but that seems like a logical technology step from what the haptics to that which i'm like okay like i like that and then like the robots for instance i have to say Damn, those things are terrifying to me. Uh, they just every time I see them, like I am afraid that they are just gonna go berserk and like go off the reservation. They look really cool, um, but I've just appreciated like the the cool pulse thing that that security guy had. Like the tech is, it's futuristic, but it's also believable. But it stretches my imagination. I really appreciate that. That. And they've still left, like, they're still cars that look like cars, but they have those arrows. And it's not, like, too futuristic. We're like, yeah, like, it's cool, but I don't know where we'll be there. But I think they've done a good job blending both. Yeah. It's cool stuff. Yeah. It's an I interesting mean, it's, show. I'm glad you told us to watch it, JJ, because I very much like it. Yeah, I'm glad I decided to. I, I'd been seeing commercials for it, and I was like, I'm just going to check it out. And then I watched I the first a, one. And I, was a like, single, <laughs> I forgot I'd seen a commercial for it. It was a scene where next, where whatever that thing shoots out, and mm-hmm. whatever that it, which the jackpot, maybe whatever. Yeah. But I didn't. I haven't seen that in so long. I was like, oh yeah, like I did see this one time. But this show is, I guess, episode four. We're going to find out a lot, which I cannot wait for. I hope so. Yeah, I think if I had one gripe, it's Chloe Grace Moretz's shitty Southern accent. You know, watch your accent. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Especially because she can't hold it. <laughs> like she comes out of it all the time, and I'm like, oh god, stop it. But yeah, it's like, come on, just put her somewhere that doesn't have where, where Southern accent. Where are they though? Do we Appalachia? <laughs> yeah, they don't, they haven't said like a state, but it's somewhere either Virginia, Tennessee, West Virginia. Um, based on kind of the look and where the way that they talk, I would assume it's like Southern Tennessee, somewhere in there. Seems pretty deep south. Yeah, you not know. too deep, but like because that's I grew up in. Yeah, I was gonna say JJ would know. Mountains, like that's like I said, I used to drive through a pass, the Cumberland Gap. That I used to live in Tennessee, drove five minutes through Virginia to go to high school in Kentucky. So. It's like I know that whole – I know that area very well. Um, and, yeah, it's it's beautiful down there. But, yeah, she, her accent drives me stuff. crazy. Yeah, that's I did. And then I they built a tunnel. That. Oh, my they, gosh. They built a cum- – when I was, like, 17, they built what's called, like, the or 16, they built, like, the Cumberland Gap Tunnel. And then it mm-hmm. was just 
driving from Tennessee to Kentucky, you bypass the little smidge of Virginia that we used to have to drive through. But we had to drive like it was crazy. We would drive before the tunnel. You had to drive on this road that like you look down and it was it was a fall off cliff. There was like a set of caves like you could climb in. It was like it was crazy. And then they built that tunnel and then it was just you drive through the tunnel. But yeah, anyway, Sweet. I know the area. It's cool. So yeah, looking forward to it. We'll be uh, we'll be back next week to talk episode four. We'll just do this episodically until it's over. Um, Alec, tell everybody where they can find us, my friend. <laughs> All right. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, the what? peripheral has become our new live Monday show. Brought to you today on Tuesday because we pride ourselves on being flexible. Uh, if you have not let listen, if you have not yet listened to the Black Adam release that dropped yesterday, your life is currently unfulfilled and not complete. That episode, like all of our episodes, can be found wherever you get your podcasts. We are also on Patreon, where you can participate in some pay-to-play activities that include dictating the content that is released by the podcast. And there, contributing every dollar goes towards Matson's strawberry bonbon addiction. As always, we appreciate the listen. Drop us a like or a comment to let us know if your verdict lines up with ours. Back to you, JJ. Thanks, buddy. I love all these deep cut references, like the strawberry bonbons. It's beautiful. Matson's looking them up because he. I just had their. Oh, I hate those things. I hate those. I think I said I hate these. Those are the worst. That's why. That's why. Oh my gosh! I was like, wait, no, those things are horrible. (laughs) It's me that actually has an obsession with them, but that's. Uh, (laughs) Did me dirty right there, Alec. That was funny. That was funny. Well, there it is. Uh, We appreciate you tuning in. As always, we'll catch you on the next one. Wait. Cinematic out.